You're listening to Plug In to Health with Prevea Health, exploring healthcare topics that matter to you, the latest developments in health and medicine, and the inspiring stories that emerge from Prevea Health, our partners, and the communities we serve. Welcome, I'm your host, Angela Dea. The CDC and the U.S. Surgeon General are recommending the practice of universal masking in the fight against the COVID-19 pandemic. We know a lot of you have questions about what universal masking is and how it works. This episode is geared towards getting those questions answered and explaining how important this practice is in curbing the spread of the novel coronavirus. Our guest is Dr. Ashok Rai. Dr. Rai is the president and CEO of Provea Health and a practicing physician trained in internal and pediatric medicine. Now, if you are one of our listeners based in Wisconsin, you've likely heard, seen, or read about Dr. Rai in numerous news stories regarding COVID-19. Dr. Rai is closely monitoring this pandemic and has been publicly sharing his insights and medical expertise with our communities on a regular basis. Dr. Rai, why is this so important to you? You know, when we look at this uh, pandemic, it affects everybody. It obviously affects healthcare greatly. But the reason that we've uh, felt the importance to come out and be public about education is, you know, traditional medicine is the patient comes to us and we fix the patient. A heart attack, we put a stent in, strep throat, we prescribe something. Uh, this is a very strange situation for all of us where the cure does not sit with healthcare. It sits with society under healthcare's guidance, and that's the physical distancing recommendations. We'll talk about masking. We'll talk about hand washing. But all of those things aren't things that healthcare can do for you or do to you to prevent one of the largest healthcare crises we've ever seen in the world. So we felt it's really important to be able to communicate with our community, to explain things in a way that people can understand, while creating a sense of urgency and calm at the same time. So let's discuss universal masking. What is it and why are experts like yourself, the CDC, and the U.S. Surgeon General recommending we practice it? Yes, we recommended universal masking, and then the federal government uh, in, within a couple of days came out with the same recommendation, pretty much for the same reasons. The, I think the rationale behind masking is important before we talk about masking itself. And really the rationale isn't about trying to protect you from catching COVID-19 or the virus that creates COVID-19. It really is about preventing you from spreading it. And it's also trying to prevent you from touching your mouth and your nose, which could cause you to catch it. And when we started to see patients come into the hospital for things unrelated to COVID-19 and then incidentally finding COVID-19 in that patient, we realized that there was a good amount of what we'd call asymptomatic spread within our community. In other words, people are walking around every day transmitting COVID-19 and they don't even know it. They don't have symptoms and that's what asymptomatic means. And we felt that the only way to get out in front of that, if we're truly going to create physical distancing and make it work, we needed to add a physical barrier to the spread of the virus. And that physical barrier is a mask. So the masks that we're recommending, you know, are making sure that people aren't thinking that this is going to prevent them from catching COVID-19. And we want to make sure they're not using up medical protective equipment, such as what we call PPE. So you hear about N95s, you hear about different masks. Those are really meant for healthcare and should be reserved for that. The masks we're recommending, either cloth or disposable-based, are really designed to keep your germs to yourself and prevent you from touching your nose to your mouth and your mouth. 
So if we're if we're asking people, you know, to to reserve those medical grade masks for our health healthcare personnel, which we need to be doing, what you know, how can we equip ourselves with masks? You know, there, we hear so much about those talented sewers out there making these masks, but not everyone knows someone who sews. Not everyone knows how to sew. What are some alternatives? You know, the alternatives, uh, first of all, if you don't know how to sew, like me, you can go online and look at the CDC websites. You can look at the Surgeon General, and even Purveya has some uh, links to that as well on how to quickly make a mask at home, either a bandana or a T-shirt and some rubber bands or hair ties, things that you should be able to find around your home you can make a mask with. There's also online availability of purchasing disposable masks that are not health grade, not healthcare grade, and also cloth masks that you can buy online too. So there's a lot of options out there. There really is no excuse not to wear one. Yeah, it, those are some great tips. I, I actually tried out the um, the t-shirt. It, all you need is an old t-shirt, or I've also seen like an old workout tank top and a pair of scissors, and it's actually very easy. Um, and again, as you mentioned, we do have some helpful um, mask making tutorials on our website at provea.com. Again, I do want to reiterate uh, something that you mentioned earlier, Dr. Rai. These homemade masks are not going to guarantee that you are prevented from contracting COVID-19, but rather to help keep your own germs contained. Very much so. I mean, this is really about society doing its job to prevent the spread of a disease that we know can kill a lot of people. And they've done a great job with the physical distancing. You know, the stay-at-home rules have helped with that. But we needed to add another barrier, and that was another physical barrier, and that's the mask to prevent germs from being spread. There are a lot of people that are in essential workforces right now, such as a grocery store, a pharmacy, some essential manufacturing, and they're at risk. And we want to make sure that they're not transmitting the disease to each other without even knowing it or even transmitting it to their customers like you and I when we go in the grocery store. And that's what universal masking is about. It's about protecting everybody at the same time. And reiterating, just because you're wearing one of these homemade masks um, doesn't mean you can let your guard down. You mentioned you still need to practice that physical distancing at least six feet apart from others. Most definitely. I mean, you should not be leaving the house unless you really have to or you have an essential job. And when you do, you need to maintain that, you know, great barrier of at least six feet, not, you know, making sure that you've got people far out from you. And the mask is additive. It's not a replacement. You know, we were really concerned about this false sense of security of rolling out the masks that people would suddenly feel like they can go out and go to the store or open up their businesses. And and we're hoping to get to that point soon. Um, it's hard to define soon these days, but we're hoping to get to that point. But masks are not meant to allow you to go out and do what you want. They're meant to add another layer for those that absolutely need to be outside. Can you provide some specific examples of when and where I should be wearing my homemade mask? So say you needed to come into the grocery store and you did not have delivery options in your area, you should definitely be wearing a mask and you should be asking that grocery store to get their employees masks as well. Um, if you have to go to the pharmacy, you should be wearing a mask. If you go out to a restaurant to get curbside pickup, you know when they come up to the curbside or come up to your car, you should be wearing a mask and you hope they are too. You know, really, this is about, uh, it's, a, it's a big cultural change for us to be wearing masks like that. But remember, it's about preventing you from transmitting COVID-19 and preventing the other person that's near you from tra- uh, transmitting COVID-19 to you. So, 
you know, the biggest thing is, is if you're wearing it, you should also make sure the other people that you're interacting with are wearing it as well. What about if I'm going out for a walk or a run around my neighborhood or I need to get outside to do some yard work? You know, if you're able to maintain a really good radius around you, at least six feet, preferably more, and you're outside, uh, such as on a run, then no, you should not really need to have to wear a mask. But if you're in a running group or you're in a pack where you're within three to six feet of each other, then definitely to keep everybody safe in that pack, you should be wearing a mask. If you're in within your own yard and nobody's coming into your yard other than your immediate family that lives in that house, then you should not need a mask in that environment. Um, I I definitely don't want to make you keep repeating yourself, but I I just want to offer some more clarity. Can you clarify when I don't have to be wearing a mask? You know, you don't need to be wearing a mask in your house. You're interacting with the people that you live with. You don't need to be doing that. If you're in your yard, you don't need to be wearing a mask. If you're out and about for a walk and the only people that are within six feet of you are the people that you live with, you don't need a mask. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about things that we need to be mindful of when we put our mask on and when we take it off. Well, you want to make sure that when you're putting your mask on that you're not touching the inside of it. That kind of ruins the point because you've now put germs on the inside of it. You want to make sure your hands are clean, number one, and that you're really just touching the outside of it and the two earbands or whatever method that you have to secure it with onto your face. You want to make sure it covers your nose very well and your mouth very well in kind of below the mouth into the chin, preventing germs or secretions from leaking out. So you want to make sure it's covering that area of your face um, and that when you take it on, when you put it on or take it off, that you're never touching the inside of it, that you're always washing your hands before and after that process as well, just to make sure that you're not transmitting the disease to yourself. Now, remember, this is guidance for adults, and we really, if you're going to help a child with it, number one, you have to make sure that that child is over the age of two. We don't recommend masks for anybody under the age of two. And you have to make sure that when you're putting it on somebody that they're awake, that they can protect their own airway, they can talk. Those are the types of people that should be wearing a mask. And if you're going to help somebody with that, make sure you're only touching the outside of the mask. And how should we be cleaning these masks and how often? So if it's a cloth mask, you want to make sure you're at, at, at minimum cleaning it once a day, maybe having a couple with you, because if you have moisture building up on the inside, that can be harmful to you as well. So we want to make sure that you're you know changing it out often enough. But if you have one or two in a day, we want to make sure those are washed and they're not reused. And if you're wearing a disposable mask, you shouldn't be trying to reuse it. You should be disposing of it. Um, you just mentioned this briefly, but I do want to reiterate, there are a couple of instances where a homemade mask would not be appropriate. You mentioned um, they shouldn't be for children under the age of two. And um, who else may this not be appropriate for? Yeah, definitely not for kids under the age of two. And and people need to be awake. They need to be able to talk and eat and swallow if they're going to have a mask on. Um, And anybody who's intolerant to the mask, they have breathing issues, uh, people that might have an allergy to to the material being used, all of those we should use caution with. So now I'd like to discuss the fact that, you know, there are people out there who have yet to embrace the practice of universal masking. And I think this could be for a variety of reasons. You know, some might feel too embarrassed to put one on. Maybe they think they're too macho to wear one or that masks are scary, only sick people wear masks, or others who wear them are just overreacting. I want to know what your words are to those who feel this way and are hesitant or refusing to mask. 
you know, everything we're doing today is different. You know, the stay-at-home order is different, and a lot of it's scary. Hearing about the virus is scary. Those of us in healthcare, we're scared because it's something that kills a lot of people, and we're trying to protect you and have that mindset when wearing a mask. You know, as far as the fear of wearing one, you know, make sure that you're you're doing it properly, and, and you'll be and you're protecting your loved ones. You're protecting everybody else in society. You know, as far as, you know, being too macho to wear one, well, there's really nothing more macho than saving a life. And every time you're putting on a mask, you're saving lives around you. So the most macho thing you can do right now is wear a mask. You know, I'm thinking we could probably put that on some t-shirts. That's a, (laughs) there's nothing more macho than saving a life. That, that is a perfect way to put it. We've covered a lot today about universal masking and its role in helping to curb the spread of COVID-19, but Dr. Rye, please remind our listeners about some of the other important things that we need to be practicing during this time. Yeah, it's really important to understand what we just talked about as additive to what you should be already be doing, which is stay safe at home, um, only leaving the house if you really need to, uh, making sure that when you do leave the house, you're maintaining a good amount of physical distance at minimum six feet. And that we're washing our hands really well. We're talking about 20 seconds or more, preferably more, or using hand sanitizer very often. Many of these things that we've discussed and we recommend, even when we go back to the to our regular lives, if, they won't be as regular as they used to be. Things like masks may be required long-term, and, and long-term could be months. Physical distancing may be something we're doing for a while as well. And honestly, we should always be washing our hands and and using hand sanitizer as often as we can, especially before we touch our uh, nose and our mouth. And hopefully we're building up some really good habits for the future. Thank you, Dr. Rye. And speaking of the importance of physical distancing, we are in fact changing the way that we are recording these podcasts. Typically, our guest, in this case, Dr. Rye, would be in the same room as me. We might have some coffee with our notes out in front of us, our microphone set up, but Not now. (laughs) I'm actually sitting in the comfort of my own home and Dr. Rye is about 10 miles away and we've connected virtually to create this episode for you. Dr. Rye, I'd like to thank you for your time and expertise today. Thank you, Ange. Take care. We do have other episodes of Plug Into Health dedicated to helping you navigate the challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic. Be sure to check out Guidance for Our Kids, Ourselves in a Time of Uncertainty, featuring licensed marriage and family therapist Lisa Tutsky, and Staying Healthy at Home with integrative medicine physician Dr. Tracy Page. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Plug Into Health with Provea Health. To learn more and to submit ideas for future shows, please visit provea.com slash podcast. And please remember, the information provided in this podcast does not constitute medical advice. It is not intended to replace interactions with your healthcare professional. And if you are concerned about your healthcare, you should consult with your healthcare professional. You can learn more about Provea Health at Provea.com. Thank you for choosing to plug into health with Provea Health.